0: You're listening to SermonCast Media from Antioch Community Church in Wichita, Kansas. For more of our sermons, resources, or to support this ministry financially, see our website at antiochwichita.org. Unity, where do we start? So again, many things have been spoken, and we're going to talk about some of them today. Surrender is definitely one of them, because for any of this other stuff to happen, we have to surrender, right? Our, our, our wills, our thoughts, our desires, all those things, they have to be in the name of Jesus. What is it that he wants for us? Uh, my own personal, what am I surrendering? What do I need to surrender? What do I need to surrender about my family? What do I need to surrender in, in ministry, in the church? But surrender, I mean, honestly, it's, it's key, right? That's one of the places we have to start. They're going to make me put it on my hand mic. <laughs> All right. I'm a hand talker, too. That's going to be really hard. I could do this. Jesus all right now so here we go so, uh, so we have to be surrender right and so that's one of the pieces the other, another piece that's been really spoken over us uh, specifically in our in in our church and in our movement is unity right unity is so important and we're gonna talk about unity today uh, we're gonna we're gonna start this uh, Francis Chan book on unity in your house churches within the next couple of weeks because again it's just it, unity is important and when we talk about unity there, there's really two pieces here now a lot of what Francis 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 is going to talk about is unity within just the body of Christ. Because, I mean, we can all agree that it's not there, is it? We have so many factions, so many different denominations, so many different things going on. And so there's not the unity that Jesus has called us to. And so a lot of that unity that Francis is going to be talking about is within the body of Christ. Because see to see the name of Jesus proclaimed to the nations, we have to be unified as one. And we're going to talk about why that's so important today. So we have to be unified as a body of believers as the body of Christ, but we also have to have unity in this house. So it really has to start here. And so this unity pieces, there's going to be things we're talked about, and so it really is a personal application within us, because if we're not unified here, how in the world can we go to a a Methodist church and talk about unity, or to a Presbyterian church talk about unity, or another evangelical church? You get the point, right? And so unity starts here. And so absolutely I've been just looking within my own self and asking the Lord these things in my own heart. And so when I, I and you know most of what I'm talking about today is from the introduction of this book. And, and 2 weeks ago it pierced me. Like it really made me think about my own life and that's good. And so I've been trying to walk in through that. And so twofold, what does it look like within these walls in this house? What what do we need to do within these walls to get into unity under Jesus? And then how do we Talk about this, and how do we reach Wichita for the nations with other believers? How do we reach, you know, Kansas, United States, the nations? How do we do that in a unified way so that other people will know who Jesus is? And so that's this whole unity piece. And more information is coming out about the house church stuff and house church leaders. Again, we're, we're putting more information out to you as we as we talked about it in our text. But unity, where does it start? That's really the big question, right? And again. You know me, I like to talk. Anybody disagree with that? All right. Somebody could have at least raise their hand. One of you could have said no, all right? And so but but my goal today, yeah, I'm going to share some of my heart and what God's. but I feel like he's speaking to my own personal life and speaking over this body, but honestly, I want to read more scripture today than I want to talk about what I have to say. And so what I want you to hear, and I want you to what, what scripture says, we want to come to God's word with tremble and humility, to tremble with humility. And we want to receive that word because he is God. And so uh, the words that I, that I read to you today, um, take those to heart. The things that I say, test them against all those other words. All right? And so unity, where do we start? And so, again, this is, we feel like God's calling us to this. But here's just several scriptures that is really, we think, uh, if you look at God's word, our call to unity that Jesus has called us to. And the first one is directly from Jesus' words. It's John 17, 20 through 22. I should be able to stop right there. We can leave and walk out of this building and know that's our calling. I should honestly be able to stop right there, right? And so, but there's the rest of God's words, good too. But those are Jesus' words, and so, but but if we hold on to that, then we know, boom. If I'm not doing that, man, am I am doing what I'm commanded to do out of love for me and my love for the Father? So. Jesus' words, John ten sixteen, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Romans twelve five. So though many are one body in Christ, and individually members of uh, individually members one of another, but we're one body in Christ. You know, it's the whole toe thing, right? We're all our own part in the body, but we're all one in the body. Galatians three twenty eight. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Ephesians one nine and ten, making and this is so. This is Jesus is he's speaking to people. It's really about demons and casting out demons and these things, and 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 he's talking about uh, being a house divided. We'll talk about things a little more, but but making no. Uh, wait a minute. No, it's not. That's later on. This is Jesus speaking about adoption and about uh, us being called into God's family and, those, and, and those, uh, what that looks like to be a son and daughter of God. And he says, making to known us this mystery, that's the mystery of Jesus' salvation, us being called into the family, adopted as sons and daughters, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan of the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, things on earth. We're all united under Jesus, every one of us. Ephesians 4.4, 4. there is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. We are called to unity. And it's not easy, it's not going to be easy, but it is possible if we're united under the main thing. If we're united under Jesus and we're and we're reading his word, and we're trembling at it, and we're moving forward. So he's called us to this unity, and so, but why? Why is he calling us to, to unity? And so there, the, here's one of the biggest pieces right here, and the effects what the effects of a division and disunity look like. Matthew twelve twenty five, every kingdom divided itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. This is where he's talking about demons. This is where, the, so he was casting, Jesus was casting out demons and he was doing miracles and, and the leaders came in and they said, man, he must be doing this by Satan. And he said, what? Why would Satan come out and cast himself out? A house divided against itself can't stand, right? And he goes on to talk about a strong man and how the strong man stays, he protects his house and all these things. But, but, but here, if we are divided, we are going to fall. Satan would like whew, nothing more than to see us divided. Could you imagine a unified Antioch Community Church? Could you imagine the the people in this room, unified under Jesus, what God can do with that? I can, because I know you guys. I know what he could do, and so Satan would like nothing else than to get his grip into that and disunify us. And then he's already done that with other, other religions and other things. We have to keep, you know, there's the main things, the main things, right? We have to keep the fact that Jesus is Jesus. He was born of a virgin. He, was, he came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He died for our sins. He rose three days later. God is God. The Bible is true. Those are things that we have to hold on to, right? But when it comes to the other things, when we start, literally, I've been in Kentucky, churches were divided over the color of a carpet i wish i was kidding they were divided over the color of a carpet and so little things we let get in between us you know there's things i mean even like i mean there's 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 my own personal desires there's my own flesh there's there's government there's all these things that can get in between us and cause division satan loves that he literally sits back on his couch and laughs at us ha ha look at them No. No, we're we're united under Jesus, and we we need to keep that our our focus. Um, And here's, here's what's amazing when we do that. Philippians 1, 27 through 28. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether i come and see you or i am absent i may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents because this is because this is a clear sign to them to their destruction but your salvation and that from god now that's it, it sounds weird right us being unified shows them they're going to be destroyed that they're like dead in their trespasses and sins and Yes, where does, where does our desire and, our, and us knowing we need Jesus come from? It comes in our brokenness, knowing our brokenness, knowing that we need Jesus, knowing that I need saved. in, in my knowing of my destruction is where I know I need something. And that's where the openness comes in. And then once they have realize that, they see the salvation in us, and now they want to know what that is. And so in our unity and you when it said that, when that they will know we are his and that he is ours and they'll know these things by our unity that's how the the world out there that doesn't have Jesus who doesn't have the holy spirit that's how they come to know that. And so it's important that we have that unity because we're called, right? I mean that's that's, that's we glorify God and we and we and we go and we share Jesus name to the to the nations, right? And so those that's our calling and we want that to be um, without um, blemish is not the right word. We want to live a life that is surrendered to Him in unity so that we can share Jesus with them. Well, I, I screw up, yeah, I do, and I'll admit that, right? And we, and there's, there's transparency in there, but we want to see that there's something different. So, I always jump ahead of myself. Jesus is this foundation, right? So, He is the foundation of all of this. So, um, uh, I'm must share a couple of stories of my wife of the last couple of weeks this had just a couple of words she felt like was was from God and um one of the things she had this dream and there's a lot to the dream, but i'm just going to share this piece for now um the the We're all kind of standing around the guys are standing around ladies are standing around and, and there's, there's these walls and and they're 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 they are they are they 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 are like, huh, I wonder if those walls are weight bearing I don't know you know do we can we take them down can we not and 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 so uh the foundation, if you picture this, Jesus, right? He's the foundation. And so, literally, the, the, the ladies walk up and they're like, take it down. It, it, the, those, those walls aren't weight-bearing. The foundation is Jesus. That's the important part. And so, I mean, it began, and then I had some worship time on Monday, just myself and the Lord, and he brought these words back to me, and like, I am the foundation, I am, that those walls need to be t- brought down, and and so I began just to look at my own life. What walls in my own life am I am I holding up that I think are good, but they're really not built on the foundation of Jesus? What is keeping me from walking with Him because those aren't my foundation? And so I mean, and literally, as, you know, as an elder and a pastor, I also I'm I'm praying. Okay, Lord, are there things in this building that we need to. That, We've tore down enough walls. No more physical walls are going down. All right. And so I don't want any more work of that. All right. But, but is there other things that, that I'm holding on to tightly that are, really seem like good things, but they're not the foundation? They're not, they're not walls that are holding up things that I think they're holding up. And so I'm personally reflecting in that, and I'm going to ask you in your own lives, reflect on those things. Are there walls that that you think are, maybe they're holding up your anxiety, they're holding up your fear, they're holding up your whatever, they're holding, you know, your family. You feel like I've got to hold on to this because if not, my family will fall. I I don't know, but maybe there are things that you just need to take a sledgehammer and knock it down. Right? So Jesus is the foundation. Um, So we are, we're going to, we're going to do this unity book. Um, there's a little, kind of, a, just kind of an intro of, of what the book kind of talks about, but it's really kind of even Francis hard on, on this being still and let Jesus be the foundation. i let you guys watch.
1: What if we got back to silence as individuals and we knew how to just wake up? What if we could become like that again? just in silence, stare at him, recognize the enormous gap between God and us. Then we realize that it's, it's, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's, it's about whatever you want. if I believe that you sent your son to die for me so that I could be forgiven of my sin and that his death was supposed to bring us together and that's what you want, then God, I want whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want me to do. as we did that as individuals, then we could come together. And what if God could look down one day, and just, he could see his children truly in awe of him, huddled together in, in groups all around the world, just to marvel at him. Just to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, in heaven, everyone gets it. They can see him. And they're just in awe. There's just this unified awe over him. Our only hope right now is that we beg God together we say, Lord, we want it to be like it is in heaven, united around your throne. We want that right now, right here, on earth, as it is in heaven.
0: So what if we sit and still in awe of the God of heaven? What if and I might have a lot of what ifs, what if it starts with surrender? What if it starts with, I don't know, it's probably all of the above, but what if praise was was the thing that began to bring it back to unity? What if praise and worship of the Trinity, of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit? What if worship and awe and getting back to that reminder of who He is, how great He is, and praising Him for that? One of the challenges that um, Francis had in in the book, literally at the very beginning, in the intro, and I don't usually read the intro because I'm I'm not a big reader anyway, but I was listening to it in Audible, so I thought, hey, Francis Chan's reading this. I like his voice. Might as well listen to it. I shouldn't have. It was dangerous. And so he literally, in the first few sentences, said this. This morning, how much did you praise Jesus? Ooh, I was in the midst of an hour-long silent prayer. I thought I was doing pretty good. But it it wasn't praising Jesus. right? It wasn't just literally raising his name up on my face, whatever that praise looks like. It wasn't in that. And he literally says, if you didn't, Pause this book right now. And I love that. It's like, this book is nothing if that's not where you start. And so what if praise is the start of that? Personally, in my own life, in this building, I'm I'm going to go back to, I'm going to say it at the end, I'm going to say it now. Tonight, we have the boiler room. What if every one of you showed back up tonight and praised and worshiped and prayed on our knees and dumping and stringing, Right. What if we all did that? Oh my gosh, what would happen? The walls of hell would break. Cells would be opened up, right? Chains would break off, healing would happen. Not because I'm saying it because that's who God is. He's worthy of that praise. I'm talking too much. All right, but what if? What if you all show back up tonight and we did that? Again, the enemy would like nothing more for us to take our eyes off of Jesus and praising him and praising the things of this world or the things around us. Romans 5, 10 through 11. Speaking of of praise and why we should praise. For a while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. Much more now that we are reconciled, we are made right with God, we are made sons and daughters, we are forgiven of our sin. Shall we be saved by his life? Thank you, Jesus. More than that, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Right? We have freedom. We have victory. We have moved from death to life. Praise him. Psalms thirty-four one through three. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Psalms one seventeen. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. For great is His steadfast love towards us. The faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise. The Lord. Let's go home. <laughs> Whoa, let's go worship, right? And so, so, again, I told you I've been reflecting on this. How much am I praising God? Am I, am I lifting his name up? Am I, am I thanking him? All these things. And so this week, I've um, been really trying to work in that. And so um, uh, I wrote down just a few things because I think, again, what happens is in the mundane and, and even in my checklist of my time with Jesus, I lose all right? I lose the sight of who he is, and that's most important, but then maybe what he's done, and we look at the scriptures, and we look at our own life, but I just made this quick list as we, to remind myself, and to praise him, and use these. Um, He created everything on the earth, right? He created us. He created everything. He literally gave us breath. He breathed life into us, and he gives that breath to us every day we wake up, right? Um, He he uh, he parted the waters to to let the Israelites be free. We talked about that what Moses said and he prayed and God said I will fight for you. He led those the Israelites with a cloud by day and a fire by night. He leads us with through the Holy Spirit everywhere we go, he's in us. He provided for the Israelites all their foods, all their needs. Scripture says he will provide for us, he will provide our needs. He said just look at me. <clears throat> He showed himself to Moses in a burning bush. He called his name just like He called my name the day that He saved me. He's glorious. He's so glorious and so good. When Moses asked, "Can I just see you, God?" He said, "Look, if you look on my face, you'll surely die." And so, but He was so such a good Father. He said, "Here, hide in this cleft." And as He walked by, He covered it. And as, as God walked by, He He. Uh, Moses turned around, and his glory was so great. It just um, literally sunburned his face. He was so glorious and so awesome, and we get to see that glory in Jesus. We get to see that glory in the Holy Spirit, and I can't physically see God, but man, I know he's there, and I know he speaks to me, and I know the Holy Spirit's with me. He sent his son Jesus to come to this earth. Jesus said, yes, Lord, I will go. Father, I will go. I will die on that cross. I will surrender my life for theirs. I will do what you ask me to do, Lord, because greater has no love than the one to lay their life down for someone. Jesus did that for us. He performed many miracles while on this earth so that we can know, and we could see who he was. Because he said he was God. He said, if you see me, you see the Father. So we knew the miracles. We knew what was going to happen. We knew the promises that had already been fulfilled and were going to be fulfilled. Because he was performing these miracles. He, again, he died on the cross. It's worthy going back to, but I don't want to repeat myself again. He came back to life three days later. And again, he left us the Holy Spirit when he returned to heaven was well, just a few of the things that every day, I could say that same list every day, and it would be all right. Well, that was a weird crack in my voice. <laughs> and so I want to praise him at the beginning of every day and through the day. Another reason for unity, man, we are a part of just an outrageous love story. We have been called into, brought into this outrageous love story. And sometimes, honestly, we have to think of what does real, lo- real love look like? Right? Because here's, here's some reality for us. Um, we're either for God or against God. And, and, and Scripture tells us that there's, really, there's, there's two places that we can be. But real love is this. God did. He provided the way back to relationship with Him. He provided the sacrifice for sins. He paid for our sins. He sent His one and only Son. So, so, yes, because you could, you, and, it, and it's, it's, it's a valid question at times. How could a good God, A, B, or C? I mean, we, I think we've all crossed that, especially when there's somebody we dearly love or a child. Or We, we look at that, God, how? And, and the reality is that sin came in. Sin is in this world. But God didn't leave us there. Real love is to provide the way out. And he's the only God, capital G or little g, right? He's the only God that did that. He didn't acquire anything of us. He did it for us. And Jesus, again, who has, what greater love is there than to lay down your life for someone? And so that's real love. That's this outrageous love that we are part of, the great, unending, unconditional love that comes from the Father. 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. He, call, he Through adoption, he makes us part of his family. And I get to be called son, or you, or you get to call it daughter of God. Second Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So the next two I'm going to read, they've got some commandments we'll talk about after we get through both of them. Mark 12, 29-31, probably not a new one for most of you. Jesus answered, the most important. They asked him, God, what was the most, you know, these are the commandments. You know, I'm trying to live them out, but what's, what's really the most important one? What, what should we do? And here's what he says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, O God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment greater than these. John fourteen, twenty one through twenty four. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him, manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So everyone has access to Jesus. God's, God's desire is everyone to know the truth, to know the salvation, to know that he sent his Son. That's desire for everyone. But he's also called us to a couple of commandments, right? The first one is love him. He's worthy of all of my love. He's worthy of my surrender. He's worthy of everything I have. The second is we got to love one another. And so, this great love story, this, this unity of love is twofold. I have to know that I have the love of the Father, receive the love of the Father, understand the love of the Father. But then, in turn, I have to love people, right? And I know I'm hard to love, but please love me, right? And so, so love people. We have to love people, right? Um, and uh, again, can be hard. But it happens because we were first loved. I am able to love because I was first loved, and that Holy Spirit that's in me will allow me to have that love too. And so the command, there's commandments. The, the so after that he says, "If you love me, you will do my commandments." Right. And so we're we're called. We're challenged. Do I love the Father? Do I really understand His love? And I have to, I have to look at myself. I have to I have to know at where am I at in my life in that. So, true unity is one that's bathed in understanding the love, Father, love of the Father for us, loving Him in return with everything we have and loving His people. So, again, kind of saying the same thing, but it, love is unity happens because we're commanded to. Again, hopefully you read enough scriptures to, to give a, a basic start of what unity is, why we're called to it, why it's important. But going back to this trembling piece, this, this healthy fear of God, Scripture talks a lot about a healthy fear of God. Fear is the beginning of wisdom. Fear is, you know, what leads us to understanding our sin. And so there is a healthy fear of the Father, right? To understand that he he gave us breath, that he he takes life and uh, he gives life and he takes away, that he is God. So there's that that again there's that awe, right? Thank you God that you are that. Thank you that you are a God that I that I it's powerful that, that is, I can trust that there's all these things in awe. But but here's Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. He says, Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. What is this house that you would build it for me, and what is this place of my rest? All these things my hand has made, so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. And this is this is our challenge. He who is humble, contrite in spirit, and trembles at my word. Again harden right and so it only happens through the Holy Spirit it only happens through Jesus and through surrender right that's where we where we start and so um, so what is what is our response? So family, there's going to be some some over the next few weeks there's gonna have to be work put in by all of us. We are going to have to uh, as we go through these things uh, there's there's a week on repentance and we're going to have to look at each other I don't have to look at my own heart and say, is there somebody that I've hurt, somebody that I've spoken to, somebody that I've done wrong that I need to go ask for forgiveness for? I'm gonna, and then, and, and the, in return to that, I'm gonna say, Am I willing to give forgiveness to the person who comes to me? Am I willing to forgive as Jesus forgave me and give forgiveness? So there's some hard things coming. I gotta look, I mean, do I have pride in my life? Do I have issues in my life? Do I have sin in my life? So, so there's gonna be some real repentance personally. And perhaps maybe we have to do with each other. That's coming. The work's gonna—it's gonna be hard. We're going to have to put the work in to really seek unity. But today, I'm gonna I'll hope to make it much easier. Here's the response. I'm just asking for today. Can we? And I changed the wording a little bit up there. You put the three response things, please. Will you humble yourselves before the Lord today? Will we humble ourselves before the Lord today? surrender. Do we believe that unity can happen and that it is God's will? Do we believe that unity can happen? Because it can, right? Because, this quote's easier to read. We have a God who performed the most loving act in history to make us one with Him. Why would we not believe that He would move now to make His children known, to know each other? And, and He also left us the Holy Spirit so we have supernatural love for one another. So do we really believe that, that this is His will and can happen? And then today, this week, starting here in a couple of minutes, are we willing to put the work in on our knees to see unity come into this house and into this world? Because that's where we start, right? On our knees before the Lord. Whatever your surrender posture look like, are you willing to put that work in this week and continue from here on out? So hopefully, somewhat simple questions today. Now, if you feel like as we go into time of worship later on that, that you need to go ahead and have a conversation with somebody or ask for forgiveness, you and the Holy Spirit do that. But all I'm asking you for today is to, to really look into these three things.